0: Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Fruit Salad Chews, Orange and Pink Penny Chews, they probably don't cost a penny anymore. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden, and how they influenced me growing up in 1980s Birmingham. I reflect on them today as well, and see how I feel about the songs and the band. This week, I'm looking at the song, Only the Good Die Young, which is track 8, on the Seventh Son of a Seventh Son album. Last week, I looked at the Clairvoyant, and had some feedback on the show. After the announcement that the show might end after this series, or have a break, I had Goldie Wilson get in touch, annoyed about this. But he was annoyed, because we may not see what happens in Adrian Smith's book. So that's his beef. Um, Clearly he's not going to miss me or Trevor, but no, just wants to know about the book. Well, I'm sorry about that, Goldie Wilson. But uh, we'll see what happens. I've had a few people ask me about this Iron Maiden announcement that isn't an announcement, where they've left sort of cryptic clues about a forthcoming release or a forthcoming announcement. And there's been these initials, WOTW, for some time, that have been left in posters and in the background on things. Now, people are saying this stands for writing on the wall. Um, And there's been a few people who've linked this with the fact that the writing's on the wall for my podcast, because the speculation on this happened the same day of the Clairvoyant episode. But this just shows the conspiracy theories that are out there and the the lengths that people go to to say things happened. Until I hear a statement from time-travelling Paul Diano, I'm not going to believe anything. Now this week, it's only The Good Die Young, which is the final track on the album. And on the last four albums, we've had an epic closer. Those long songs about big subjects from history and literature. "Rome of the Ancient Mariner, Alexander the Great. This song is less than five minutes. Uh, that's quite short compared to all of these. and It's the shortest last song on an album since Drifter. In fact, it's shorter than Drifter. So it's the shortest actually since the title track Iron Maiden on their debut. It's quite short because it opened so quickly. It starts off with a lot of Iron Maiden trademarks. Two leads together and the rumbling bass, but there's those keyboard pads as well. It doesn't mess about. Bruce comes in quickly and gets it moving. There's no long intro like you'd expect from those other epic closers. I mean, the second verse comes in at the 45 second mark. That's ridiculous. Bruce's delivery is soft and growler and then he hits those higher notes in the bridge.
1: It's
0: rather like the song, I'm rushing ahead to the chorus straight away and uh, it actually doesn't seem to follow what's come before. There seems to be this change in tone or chord or key. I don't know what it is. I'm not a classical composer, am I? It says, Only the Good Die Young, which you'll remember is the title of this track. It says, Only the Good Die Young, all the evil seem to live forever. The good die young. You wonder, are Iron Maiden condoning being evil? Maybe they're glamorising it by saying, if you're evil, you'll live longer. And they sometimes do seem like bad behaviour, don't they? We've learned this across the podcast, especially Bruce's vocals when he says, spit in your eye or spit back in their face. This isn't appropriate and I'm disappointed in them. I think it isn't as literal as this though. Um, when he says evil seems to live forever, it's more about the act of evil that lives on rather than an evil person. So, for all I know, Thomas Spencer might be dead. But those evil taunts and the influence that he had on my life in childhood that lives on and this theme links in with the evil that men do doesn't it, where it says the evil that men do lives on and on so it's repeated an idea from a previous song on the album the song's got quite an interesting mix in it, I've already said that the chorus doesn't quite follow what's happened before and the solo's also interesting there's actually a bit of a bass solo where Steve Harris plays a high note sort of skippy bit and uh, it's quite subtle I didn't even know it was a bass when I was a boy um, it sounds like music you can hop to like a bunny rabbit. I can see people bobbing up and down to it if they played it live. Maybe you should play this in the background while you watch some meerkats bobbing up and down in their enclosures. In fact, maybe I'll do this and put it online. Funnily enough, the song was used in the background on a TV show, but it wasn't a nature documentary. It was actually in an episode of Miami Vice called Line of Duty and this was in 1988. Now you remember that I sat through an episode of Gem for this podcast to help you understand the context. And again, I sat through this episode of Miami Vice, and I quite enjoyed it. The song's played in the background when they're on Crockett's boat, and him and some other man were having a chat about music. Now it's revealed that Crockett likes Eric Clapton, and he talks about longevity in music, and he says the music that's playing on that boombox That won't be known in 20 years. Now that music on the boombox is Only the Good Die Young by Iron Maiden. I'd like to say to Crockett that it was known 20 years on, and it's now 33 years on. So who's laughing now? It's a strange song to pick, and you'd think maybe they chose it deliberately. Um, But of course, Only the Good Die Young is talking about music, isn't it? Living on. And perhaps to him it was evil. And to some people, Eric Clapton's evil because of his views in the past. but but his music lives on. Maybe we should separate the man from the art. Like Bruce with Brexit. After the first chorus, the next verse mentions a victim of a cruel charade. Except Bruce pronounces it charade. This annoyed Andrew Whitnell when there was a conversation recently about pronunciation. This was when Alejandra pointed out in Infinite Dreams that he mentioned neither instead of neither. You may remember this. And here Bruce says charade. That's because he rhymes it with the next line. I was never sure how to pronounce charade. Charades is a game, but some people call it charades. I'm confused now already. I can't remember what I called it. Um, but of course, it's a lot of it's regional anyway. So maybe what I call it in Birmingham, you don't call it wherever you are. Unless you're in Birmingham. And that sentence is, is pointless, isn't it? Yeah, charades then. It's a game. But you can't play it on a podcast. It's impossible. I, I'd like to play it with you, but... I can't because it's a visual thing and you can't see what I'm doing basically you've got a film or a book title and you have to then sort of mine what it is to the audience and the team uh, using your hands and fingers I played Iron Maiden charades with Trevor once I think it was a party around the millennium and uh, so yeah we'd had to sort of do Iron Maiden songs and he did the sign for three words which is three fingers held up so he did well there and then for a while he just stood there doing nothing. So I said, The educated fool, which I thought was very witty. He wasn't impressed though, as he was just stood there thinking how to mime the actual song. And I never found out what it was, because he walked off in a huff and ate my bowl of trifle. I don't recommend you play Iron Maiden charades, because uh, it's quite hard if you look at the song titles, and it actually causes more arguments than Iron Maiden Clue though. The final lyrics in the verse are quite good to sign off an album, because it says, so I think I'll leave you. And then it says, so until the next time. Those are the sort of things you say when people leave, don't you? So he says, so I think I'll leave you with your bishops and your guilt. So until the next time, have a good sin. You may remember that this was the time I was leaving primary school. And on the last day, people were bringing in autograph books for you to sign. So you could say goodbye and put a message in. Now, I thought about putting a message like this in. But I remember the trouble I got into when I used lines from Phantom of the Opera for Fiona Gregory's Valentine's card. And when I said, have a good one or two, like I main did in their Christmas cards. So as a result, I didn't say to people, have a good sin, because I thought we'd get complaints and parents getting involved again. So I just said, have a good future, Wayne. It's quite a sad time, leaving school. So that last line suggests that the person sort of narrating it or singing it says, have a good sin, as if to say that the Seventh Son's chosen that as the option. Throughout he's had this choice, hasn't he, of good or evil. So, did he die young because he chose good? Or is it the good that was within him that died because he chose the bad path? Steve Harris and Bruce Dickinson are the songwriters for this. And I think the lyrics are Bruce's because they're a bit more detailed than Steve's are. And I had a message from Richard Holmes who said that this song must be their most underrated track and he points out that they didn't play it live, uh, which is interesting. After this ending, uh, the finale seems to go into a solo, which sounds promising, and it sounds good, but then it ends abruptly, um, going into the, the actual end. Um, so that's that's quite clever, isn't it? Only the good die young. The solo died young. So, But yeah, the ending of the album after that, it just goes on for quite a bit, I sort of throw everything and the kitchen sink into it. And after this, they repeat the intro from Moonchild. It comes back as a reprise. Um, Seven deadly sins, seven ways to win with the acoustic. And actually that means that the song, Only the Good Die Young is four minutes 13. Makes it even shorter because of this, tacked on at the end. So is this part of the song? This goes back to a message I had from Reggie Oz, back in the Moonchild episode, where I said that the intro was part of the song Moonchild because they played it live before it. But then of course they would play that before it because it opened the show or was the first song in the series of encores. So they had to play that. If they put Moonchild halfway through the set, would they play this intro? And he argued that it was the same for only the good Die Young. If they played that halfway through the set, would they add the outro? Because it would seem out of place, wouldn't it? Not in the context of the whole album. So this was an interesting discussion that went on for quite a few tweets. And during it, I agreed with him. I disagreed with him. And then I agreed with him again. It was quite challenging. I had a message
1: from Dennis Stratton this week. Hello Wayne, Dennis Stratton here. I was sad to hear that you're thinking of ending the podcast to tie in with the end of the 1980s. I hope it wasn't my mention of selling global hypercolour t-shirts. I'll miss these messages. It's been nice having someone to talk to in this pandemic. Even if, like Julian, you never answered me. I suppose we'll all move on and return to how we were. I've got quite used to being a hermit. I've quite enjoyed it. That reminds me of when we were on the Muppet Show in 1980. I said to Steve and Jim Henson that perhaps we should change Charlotte the Harlot to Kermit the Hermit. But they didn't seem impressed. I suppose the rest of the lyrics for that song didn't really fit a family show. I was interested to hear about young Trevor's appreciation for custard creams. It's two packs for a pound in farm foods. I bought some and stacked them all up high on the table, like a Jenga tower. I was going to invite someone over to play this game. Played most of it while watching Columbo. Anyway, it's been good listening to the podcast, Wayne. I hope you do some more. Take care, Dennis.
0: Wrong right, to give Trevor a ring? Hi, Wayne. Hi, oh, Trevor, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm alright. Well, it not sound so good. Uh, what's wrong? Well, it follows on from last week, doesn't it? Uncertainty around the podcast. Well, there was certainty, but but now you've you're the one who's maybe made me think about having just a break and coming back, so you can be pleased with yourself. Well, I don't take that as a compliment. Um, I need to know. I might go off and join another podcast. What what sort of podcast would you join? I don't know. I might might be in demand. There's lots out there. Michael Patterson's going to do one. Michael Patterson. Yeah. What's he going to do one about? He's going to do a true crime podcast. Oh, yeah, I've heard about some of those. There's, isn't there too many of them, though? Not like this, there isn't. Why? Well, he actually does a crime, and then he talks about it. So it's true crimes from him. What, so he, he's going to be admitting a crime? Well, that's a bit silly, isn't it? No, they're crimes from his past that he's confessing to, so it'll be quite good, quite emotional. Right. His first episode... It's about when he broke Mr Roberts' shop window down the road. Do you remember? Well, I, I, no. Well, yeah, it was him who did it. OK, well, and anyway, does he need a poet for this podcast then? No. OK, well, where do you fit in then? Well, I don't know, but I see myself like one of those footballers in the summer um, where I've got an agent trying to get me better deals. Let me guess, Pamela's your agent? No. No. Things aren't going so well there. Oh, OK. Sorry to hear that. Have you been looking at other laminators? No. Are oh, you not as much of a catch? Now Now you won't be doing the podcast. No. Not everything's got to do with the podcast, has it? There's more to life. OK, anyway, we're talking about Only the Good Die Young. What do you think about that song? Yeah, I quite like it. It's not one of the better songs on the album, but... Still important in the grand scheme of things. I wonder if the dead live within us and look through our eyes. Where's that come from? Well, I'm thinking if we don't die physically, but the evil within us lives on, maybe we've got like a split personality. Like evil's looking from within us because we're living a life of sin, but on the outside, we live like normal. Okay. It's so a bit like the picture of Dorian Gray. Ah, uh... Yeah. His beauty lives forever, while his painting bears the scars of his sins. I don't think it's anything like that. And actually, I've just realised, in these lyrics, Bruce says, I mock your morality plays. Isn't Dr Faustus a morality play? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go then. So he's not going to write a song called Dr Faustus then, is he? Like he's been speculating. He's not mocking Dr Faustus. He's mocking the nature of morality plays, where good wins all the time. And that's wrong. That's why I didn't like Neighbours and Home and Away. Because if someone did something wrong, you know they'd always get caught. And that doesn't happen in real life. Alright. There's some nice imagery in it. And you know, I've commented on Bruce's lyrics before. Okay, which ones? Well, it's like chess references. Um, He mentions pawns and bishops and stalemate. I wonder if Bruce likes chess. Yeah, maybe he does. I can see him playing it. Quite an intelligent game. Yeah, we've seen these references across Iron Maiden, haven't we? We've got King... Mentioned in *To Tame a Land* and *The Man Who Would Be King*, of course. Okay. And then my mother was a queen in *Wrathchild*. Oh yeah. And then recently, last year, we had the album *Knights of the Dead*. Yeah. Okay. Hang on a minute. Night That's different. Oh, anyway, was that a joke? No. Right. All right. Well. So here you go. Is your final poem? No. Not ever. Remember I've got poems for the 90s? Ready for when, when you come back? Well, if I come back, I haven't deciding yet. You will? Well, what else are you going to do? That's not your business. I've got other hobbies. OK, are you ready? Yep, let's hope it's a good one. People may die young, but poetry lives on. Immortal words that float like Parisian balloons. Whispers on the wind wisdom over the water we'll observe Trevor's words written on the wall okay uh, thanks for that Um, I see uh, I sort of get it but uh, I see you tried to use the WOTW initials over the last few lines yeah what do you think about that I think enough has been said about it I don't think I need to give my view on it everyone's just recycling the same stuff if you want to know the answers it's out there you remember you had that T-shirt with the band name written on the wall? So the Moonchild episode? You posted a picture? Oh, yeah. And that was for Moonchild? Yeah, I know you just said it. Well, Moonchild is a song about a child and destiny. Okay. And Destiny's child had an album called The Writings on the Wall. Okay. So that's interesting, isn't it? No. Okay, well, thanks anyway. Um, I suppose that's it then. Well, it's not, is it? We've got the album review show next week, and then are we doing an 80s special? No, I don't think I'll do an 80s special. No point. Why not? We need to know how Killers compares to Peace of Mind and things like that. Well, we can maybe touch on it in the album review show, or maybe do the 80s review show another time. Anyway, we are doing the album review show, so I'll speak to you next week about it. Okay. Thanks, Wayne. Bye. Okay, well, thank you very much for your support over the last year and a bit. Um, yeah, last song episode from the 80s, uh, Only the Good Die Young. Not one of the best songs of the 80s, but still an apt one to end on. And obviously it is the right one to end on because I've done it chronologically. I had a message from Rupert who says he's disappointed if we do end the podcast. Uh, you haven't sold the Hawk Lord Mystery or Talkford or whatever his name is now. And That's a good point. But, uh, and he did get in touch this week to say apple Appletizer is his second favourite soft drink at the pub that's interesting. He's changed his approach a bit there, talking about drinks and second favourites. So he's evolved a bit, which is nice at last. But uh, yeah, still no close to solving it. Got a few clues. Um, I haven't got a a list of suspects written on the wall with lots of string and and things like that uh, with my writing on and and photographs and and notes and pictures. I haven't got anything like that on the wall. So uh, those rumours, I don't know where they've come from. Um But yeah, I'd like to be able to solve it. And I did say I'd solve it by the Book of Souls series. So maybe, maybe there will be future series. Um Or maybe it'll be one of those Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World type mysteries. Maybe I'll never know. Maybe nobody will, except Hawke Lord himself. I had a message from Thomas Lupton who says, Is it true that only the good die young? Or is it that these people are good because they did die young? And maybe if they'd carried on living, they would have gone on to show evil tendencies? This is quite a complex question. Uh, I don't know why I've been asked it. He mentions the 27 Club, um, where apparently lots of famous people died in their prime um, when they were 27. And yeah, you know, Janice Joplin, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, people like that. And is it linked to that? Like, because they, they're young. But it isn't because this is good and evil, not good and rubbish. But I'm always mentioning this because they died young. Um, they, didn't, they weren't good in this way, they were good because they were at the height of popularity or at the peak of their creativity. Um, if they carried on, yeah, maybe they would have declined in sales or, or popularity, but that doesn't mean they're evil, so I don't know why you've linked that, but uh, I do remember when I was 27, I did worry about things, uh, you know, I'd look both ways before crossing the road, just in case I was struck down in my prime, but uh, at the time I was just taking phone calls with people wanting loans, so... I don't think I can compare myself to Jimi Hendrix. But uh, anyway, if I did die at 27, we'd never have had this podcast. So perhaps it's good that I've lived on. Um, So thanks for your comment anyway, Thomas. So next week it's the album review special and I'll do the usual stuff. I'll have the top threes with me and Trevor. I'll look at the album as a whole, which of course is very important with this one because it's a concept album. And I'm sure there'll be the usual stuff as well. So I hope to speak to you then.